Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Zella made a beat, so it's go time. to another edition of the Core 4 Podcast. Core 4 is a podcast under SB Nation's Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Grizzly Bear Blues is a blog under SB Nation. Find them on the web at grizzlybearblues.com or on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies. I'm your host, Parker Fleming, and with me today is none other than my co-host, Nathan, the champion, Chester. Nate, what up? How much, man? How are you doing? I mean, it's the trade of mine, right? I mean, How can you not be excited? Um, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't. if I was a Phoenix Suns fan, I want to be excited, that's for sure. Um. Or if I, I cannot in- get over just how ridiculously stupid everything about the Phoenix Suns is not their fans. I hope there's not a Phoenix Sun fan listening to this. It's going to get mad at me. But so we found out on Twitter that the Suns are listening to calls on Kelly. No, they're actively trying to shop Kelly Oubre is what the tweet said. Um that doesn't make sense for a multitude of reasons. Why trade one of the only bright spots on a team and roster that has just generally been terrible the last few years? You you were telling me, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, that it's a legitimate question to you about who has better long-term upside between Aiton and Oubre, right? I mean, I think it was more of like fit. Um, So, I mean, I just think there's a premium for – big wings that can score at three levels, rebound, defend multiple positions. Yeah, whereas, for sure. Whereas Aiton is just a he's – he's, don't get me wrong. He's going to be very good. He's going to be a 20-12 and 12 guy for his career. But as we've seen where the league's trending, you like Oubre. But really, it's just more of an edgy question. You roll with Aiton nine and a half times out of ten. Yeah, and speaking of here's what makes absolutely no sense 
about what the Suns are doing. It already doesn't make sense in a vacuum that you'd want to trade a very nice three-level score defender and rebounder in Kelly Oubre. There's no telling what type of player he could become. He could be a perennial all-star down the line. Um, he's also young. He's 24 years old. And, yes, he's making uh, the next two years um, – a good young players. But for whatever reason, the Suns want to clear salary cap space for some godforsaken reason, which also doesn't make any sense because two nights ago, Woj sent out a tweet saying that the Suns and Pistons are in deep talks to send Luke Kennard, another very good three-level scorer who's also averaging 18 points per game, and the Pistons are going to possibly send him to the Suns. Luke Kennard is going to be a restricted free agent this summer, and he's probably going to make at least as much as Kelly Oubre is making now, and yet the Suns were in deep talks to trade for him while Oubre because they didn't want to pay him? Not even to mention that Luke Kennard has knee tendonitis right now. I, I can't get over it. It makes absolutely zero sense. Um, I'm going to be on my, well, actually, BS right now. But Luke Kennard is going to be a restricted free agent in 2021. This summer, he's he's uh, extension eligible. I mean, but still, point remains. Why would you trade Kelly Oubre for Luke Kennard when there's also that positional overlap between Booker and Kennard? I mean, Kennard, can't, Kennard or Booker can't really be trusted to play the three often. And it's not like they have the point guard depth to where – that matter, you know? I mean, I'm not really scared of a three-man unit of Rubio, Booker, and Kennard, if we're going to be completely honest. It's not any better than Rubio, Booker, and Oubre. Yeah. But yeah, go ahead. there is sense behind all this because there's one thing I would love to happen. And we saw uh, Keith Parrish of Fast Break Breakfast recommend this. What if... The Grizzlies trade Andre Iguodala to Phoenix, and they get back Kelly Oubre. Obviously, they got to add extra assets and stuff like that. But Oubre comes to Memphis. Phoenix buys out Iguodala, and Iguodala gets his wish to go to the Lakers because LeBron's buddy, James Jones, the GM of the Suns, wants to do LeBron a favor. Yeah, I think that's it's a phenomenal deal for Memphis, obviously, and I think – Probably it would take something like Andrea Guadala, Grayson Allen, and maybe a, a one or two second round picks to get that done. And in the fantasy land that the Phoenix Suns inhabit, I guess it does make sense. They have no reason to want to uh, uh, get money off the books, but since they are trying to do so, an expiring contract and Andrea Guadala, who, who is for this year, he was making $17 million. That contract comes off the books um, or you buy him out, and he can't go to the Lakers. The Grizzlies have already swindled the Phoenix Suns once earlier this year, back in the summer. I wouldn't put it past Zachary Kleiman to be able to do it a second time. Absolutely, and that's really the dream because the Grizzlies would have a clear upgrade at the three with Oubre in the starting lineup, and then they could actually even move Jay Crowder to the bench and have him take Solomon Hill's minutes. Because in theory, Jake Crowder yeah. only, what, 15 minutes a night? That's not bad at all. No, not at all. He would definitely provide a good spark in those minutes. And just for the sake of this hypothetical here, um, Iguodala 
So let's say James Jones doesn't want to buy in, uh, Andre Iguodala out because he doesn't just do this deal to help his friend out, LeBron James, in Los Angeles. There's a very real motivation for him to get Iguodala if their motivation is to cut money off the books. Let's say he wants Iguodala to play and Iguodala refuses to report for the second team in a year's span. The NBA has to step in at that point, right? They would, I think they would absolutely step in. And I think for the Suns, it would be one of those things of who else do they get back? Um, they can't take back Josh Jackson or DeAnthony Melton because they were, you can't be traded from a team and back to a team within a year within the CBA rules. Trust me, yeah. I try to do that as far as creating the uh, D-Lo to Memphis deal that brings Iguodala back to Golden State. And mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell to Memphis. And then um, I even tried it with Iggy Dollar for Parsons deals. It doesn't work. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you're not giving up Dylan Brooks. And you're. I don't think you're going to be giving up Brandon Clark either. Um, I think it'll no, come down a, to the yeah. – like, would they, would they want – Grayson Allen and two second round picks. Would they want Marco Guterich and two second round picks? I mean, I, I don't know. But I mean, granted, it's Phoenix. They gave up <laughs> they gave up the first, second, third, and fourth best best assets in a trade and took back Javon Carter and salary cap. So who knows? Who really knows of them? And you never really know what's going to happen as far as the way that they do things. Um I don't really know of a deal that they can receive that fits what they're inexplicably trying to do right now and cutting money off the books. I don't think they can get a better deal for that than what Memphis can offer them. Um, Obviously, you offer Iguodala. Grayson Allen is making $2 million a year, and he fits with Iguodala to make the money work. Um, He's better than Guderich. Uh, I think they would definitely want Grayson Allen over Guderick. They probably don't want Josh Jackson back. Melton can't work as far as the money is concerned. So it probably makes the most sense to put Grayson Allen into that deal. I think it's far more likely they're just going to hang on to them because that's what a sane organization would do. Um but if they are dead set on trading Oubre in the next 24 hours, I really cannot think of an alternative deal from another team that's better. Um, I haven't tried it in Trade Machine yet, but I, I think the Knicks could flip Marcus Morris for him. Um, I don't understand why they would do that. But it's the Knicks and the Suns, two inexplicable franchises that do stupid things for reasons that no one even knows. Maybe they both do it. <laughs> Right, and um, again, I'm looking at uh, Fast Break Breakfast's Twitter. I mean, definitely follow them. But they propose a three-team trade where the Clippers get Andre Iguodala and Aaron Baines, two guys, like, fits two glaring needs for the Clippers. Yeah. Phoenix gets Mo Harkless, who's an expiring contract, plus Jerome Robinson, who at the very least is a cost-controlled asset, former lottery pick inexplicably picked before Michael Porter Jr. Um, and then the Clippers first round pick this year and then they get the two second round picks back from Memphis and then Memphis gets Oubre and Rodney Magruder. Yeah. Doesn't sound bad to me. 
pretty much anything at this point sounds fairly good. <laughs> right. And so really the main event of the show, the reason why we're here, the reason why we're talking about the trade deadline, it's obviously Andre Gudala. When Casey been living under a rock, um, this thing's kind of been going on since July 1st when the Warriors traded him and attached a 2024 first-round pick to him to clear the books to bring in D'Angelo Russell and actually being able to round out a team after that. And then um, the Grizzlies did want him to report to training camp as reported by the Athletics' Sham Sharania, and Iguodala refused, and so they and just, they decided it was best for him to not report because who wants a a grumpy bitch in the locker room, especially when you have a fairly new. Did you say that. What? Did you say that? <laughs> hey, what? We're a PG podcast. Hey, I can change the rating on this one. Um, well, we just went up a notch. But really, like, who wants to have that sort of negativity and grumpiness in a locker room when you're ultimately trying to build a long-term, sustainable culture? I mean, I know I don't. Um, And it kind of escalated more recently with his national TV appearances about his next move. And um, it was reported by um, the Athletics' Amari Savoka. Um, I always butcher his last name, but shout out Omari. He uh, mentioned in his column today that the quote here from Andre Iguodala is what set um, the Grizzlies players off. Um, Andre Iguodala a few, a few weeks ago said, but I still want to show that I could be out there doing a lot of different things, playing multiple positions, being a good teammate, mentoring the young players, the young guys, as I've always done throughout my career, and just enjoying the game as well. He has the opportunity to do that, and he just decided he was above it, and that set off a lot of Grizzlies players, and that's why we had the stuff go down that went down this week. Yeah, um, you're going to see a lot of puff pieces from people at ESPN. The Vertical Shams has written several over the last couple of years. This puff piece on Andre Iguodala at ESPN from Kevin Arnovitz is extremely bad because there are deliberate falsehoods in this article. There are different ways to try to spin a narrative to puff a player up or to make him look better in a certain situation. But I don't think anyone appreciates that in the process of doing that, deliberate falsehoods are put in those pieces. Here's a line from Kevin Arnovitz's article on Andre Iguodala that came out yesterday morning, or this morning, actually, excuse me. Yet neither Iguodala nor the Grizzlies were ever under the impression. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. time out, time out. What? Sean Strania just reported that Memphis and Miami are advanced discussions for Andre Udala to land with the Heat. And we have just been throwing a curveball. Holy well, shit. Uh, I'm, I'm refreshing my Twitter feed. I have, I have his notifications on. I do not know why I didn't get that. But anyway, here we go. Well, who do we want? Like that, let's just yes, jump into yes, it. Winslow is obviously the top name that you'd want to come back in that deal. Now, whether the Heat are willing to make that happen or not is up for debate. But Winslow has not been a part of the rotation for the most part this year. He's been out for nearly two months now. Is that right? 
Yes, he's been out for two months right now. Yeah. And it comes down with Winslow. Yeah. Um, would they rather have Winslow for the cost that he's at, or do they want to pay Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson? Well, here's the question I posed to you. Would you rather have, in a vacuum, would you rather have Duncan Robinson or Justice Winslow, especially when you're going to have to pay Justice Winslow? Um, uh, I love Justice Winslow. I mean, I've loved him since he was at Duke. And ultimately, he'd be a very good three starting small forward for the Grizzlies, not just this season, but down the road. But also, I think he could be that good uh, primary playmaker in a second unit as well. But good God, Duncan Robinson in the oh, Grizzlies. Duncan Robinson has the potential. I believe he's 23 years old this year. He could end up being a generational shooter when you look back at the end of his NBA career because he'll be able to play well into his mid-30s with the shot that he has. As an undrafted rookie, he's averaging 12 points a game. One of the most prolific three-point shooters in the league. I believe he leads the league in catch-and-shoot three-point percentage off the top of my head. I know he did as of a couple weeks ago, and I'm pretty sure he still does now. Imagine him playing with an actual floor general and John Morant. Kendrick Nunn is not a pure point guard. Jimmy Butler is not a pure point guard. Justice Winslow is not a pure point guard. Imagine him playing with John Morant and more importantly, imagine Duncan Robinson next to Jaron Jackson Jr. in a lineup. Roll out a lineup of Morant, Dylan Brooks, Duncan Robinson, Jaron Jackson, and Brandon Clark offensively? Man. Man, the offensive rating is going to be going through the roof. So there are a lot of good combinations I could see coming out of this, and I don't think the Grizzlies' climate has not lost a single deal yet, and I wouldn't expect him to do so here. The Grizzlies are going to get a nice piece back in this deal. I'm speaking I mean, it into existence. It's not even that. It's one of those things, too, this year, or at least with the Iguodala deal, the Grizzlies could theoretically, they can get back, you know, Courtney Lee and the Warriors' second-round pick, and it's still a win because at the end of the day, the only thing you got out of eight, out of Andre Gudala was that Warriors pick, and that's the only yeah. thing that matters. So anything else is just the cherry on top of Sunday. And good God, the idea of Ja Morant being able to drive and kick it out to either Dylan Brooks, Duncan Robinson, or Jaron Jackson Jr. sounds like a pipe dream. Big time. And if I were in Pat Riley's position, I would not be sending out Duncan Robinson for Andre Iguodala. Um, if you read my piece from earlier this morning, in which I talked about how the Grizzlies will not be bought or bullied by anyone in the national media or Andre Iguodala himself, I did light into Andre Iguodala. He's a 36-year-old man who averaged five points per game last year. And Duncan Robinson's a guy who's currently averaging 12 points per game and is one of the league's best three-point shooters. Now, sh scoring is not everything, but are you really, even in the last few months of the season, going to find more value from Andre Iguodala than you would with Duncan Robinson and having Duncan Robinson on your roster for years to come? I don't think so, but we're about to find out one way or the other. Right. Um, one person I wouldn't count out in a deal either is Derek Jones Jr. Um, yeah. I saw a piece in, somehow in Miami Heat Twitter. You know how I am with the Miami Heat. Um, where apparently him and the Heat are in a crossroads right now. 
Um, but I do think he would be awesome in the system as well because he projects as a small ball five who uses his – I think he's the best athlete in the NBA, to be honest. I mean, his leaping ability is absurd, and I think him and Brandon Clark defending the rim in the second unit, good luck. But also, too, he could run the floor as a four and a five, and he I, when I say he can finish with authority, I – I mean, it would just like complete authority. He actually reminds me a lot of like Stromile Swift with a motor. <laughs> That's probably fair. And what if I were to tell you, um, let's say the day after John Morant announced that he was not going to be competing in the dunk contest. What if I were to tell you that a Memphis Grizzly was still going to win the NBA dunk contest? <laughs> Who would you think I was talking about? <laughs> That'd be so wild. Yeah, that would be pretty wild to see him come out in the Grizzly uniform. And if he, if this hypothetically happens, if he, Derrick Jones Jr. ends up in Memphis, John Morant's got to be the one to throw him lobs in the slam dunk contest. Right. And then, um, should I mean, I think, honestly, too, one of James Johnson and Deion Waiters are going to be coming back in this deal. And the Grizzly, like, the Heat have made it no secret that they're trying to get off those contracts. So I think teams... You might as well be prepared for that. But I do find value in James Johnson as a small ball five, very yeah. tough playmaking five. I think he would actually thrive in um I think he would thrive in Jenkins system. Do you know who uh I'd give him a comp to? Nope. He's um Boris Diaw with a black belt. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Boris Diaw with a criminal record, but that works too. <laughs> wow, dude. dude. Nah, I wasn't gonna say that, no. So we don't we don't judge at the core four here, but on an unrelated note, there's also the possibility that my spirit animal could be coming from the Miami Heat to the Memphis Grizzlies. You know who I'm talking about, Parker? I want to offend you and say Kelly Olenek because you disliked my message about him the other day. Look, I, I don't want Kelly Olenek on the Memphis Grizzlies, man. Okay, but imagine Taylor Jenkins turning him into his Brook Lopez. I mean, I, I'm not really opposed to it. It's just not something that, that, like, you know, I want to start jumping up and down, clapping and hollering like I'm at church on a fiery Sunday morning. You can feel me like that. It's just, it's just not that exciting. I think there are better possible options. But would I be heartbroken if Kelly O'Lennon came to the Memphis Grizzlies as a backup five? No, not at all. But I'm talking about a different spirit animal. The weed gummy man himself, Deion Waiters. Uh, just to be clear, I don't smoke weed. That's not what I'm talking about. But the irrational confidence to make every shot that he takes while possibly doing so at the expense of his own team, I love Deion Waiters. <laughs> you think about every guy on the Grizzlies right now, young, athletic, high IQ basketball players. Deion Waiters isn't young anymore. He's decently athletic, and he's the opposite of high IQ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I want this to happen just for the laughs, honestly. You know, um, just think about this. Do you think the Grizzlies fans' um, hearts could handle Dylan Brooks and Dion Waiters' irrational confidence on the court at the same time? Is D, we call Dylan Brooks' confidence irrational, but is it that irrational 
He's averaged 20 points per game since January. He's played very well. Waiters, on the other hand, I think he would start to wear on some people. But Waiters is also the type of guy that I could definitely see coming in and being a type of reclamation project for Memphis. Tony Allen's not the right comp, and Tony Allen is an overused comp for just about anybody. But I can definitely see Waiters endearing himself in certain ways in the hearts and eyes of Memphis. But the second people think he starts taking shots away from Ja or even Dylan, then he probably becomes a problem. Yeah, I can agree. I think the thing with Dylan, I don't even think it's irrational confidence. I just think it's, I think the confidence is awesome. I mean, he compared him, Jaron, and Ja to like big threes, like the. Garnett, Ron, uh, the Garnett, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce one, and I think he compared themselves to the Heatles as well. Like I, it's that kind of confidence. I love it. I, you know me and Dylan Brooks. I'm all about it. Yep. Yes. And I, it, it just in case anyone is speculating about it on social media, Tyler Harrow is not coming to the Memphis Grizzlies. I would. Do you think? I don't think my heart can handle Grayson Allen and Tyler Harrow on the same team. I'd cry. I'd literally cry if Tyler Harrow came to the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, you know, I remember our good friend uh, Anthony Sane was telling us that we only wanted Luca because he was white, and he was right, um, and, and because we thought he was going to be a fantastic basketball player. But I think we've had this conversation before that we need good white wings in the NBA, P- players for people like you and me to look up to. And a Tyler Hero come to the Grizzlies after the Grizzlies were not able to get Luka Doncic. Oh, man. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. We got to have promotion nights every single night for Tyler Hero. <laughs> Honestly, um, I threw out this idea when um, Luka and Michael Porter Jr. were going through, uh, like when the prospects of one of those two were likely in the 2018 draft. But if you get Tyler Hero, I think you got to do like a – a sorority girl promotion where like if you're a sorority girl around the area um, and you buy tickets to a certain game, you enter a chance to take Tyler hero to a sorority formal. I think that that can be in play. I think it'd be a fantastic fit. And I'm sure it's something Tyler hero would jump at the chance at. Um, he could be everything we wanted Chandler Parsons to be everything. And Chandler Parsons surely tried off the court. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> if, we're talking, if we're talking about sorority girls, he, he definitely did his part there. But as far as on-the-court performance, because of unfortunate injuries, we were just never quite able to see that. Tyler Hero is bringing that type of impact both on and off the court. Be yeah. a legend. Well, um... You know, to avoid getting newt and just making adding this podcast like a cold takes podcast, I think it's time for us to cut this short. But uh, Nate, do you have any other comments? I'm just happy to be here, man. This is a fun time. Um, I got off I everything that I've been keeping inside me about Andre Iguodala. I was able to get that off my chest. If you want to go check out my article from this morning at grizzlybearblues.com, you should definitely do that. I'm just, I'm just living the dream right now, man. Mm-hmm. Same here. Yeah, go read Nate's piece where he um, he throws major shade at Andre Iguodala. I would suggest getting a dictionary as well because Nate used a lot of big words. Um, 
I write with my thesaurus open. And all I got to say is shout out to my second favorite team, the Miami Heat, for making my Grizzlies heart happy. Yep. Yes, sir. So, Nate, tell the people where they can find you and your work. I'm going to give one last note here that we haven't talked about, and then I'll plug my stuff. A tweet from Chris Haynes eight minutes ago. The Los Angeles Lakers have ventured down all avenues, including a last Hail Mary attempt to seek a path to Andre Iguodala. But it is becoming apparent that Miami has Memphis's attention right now. Parker, I can't tell you how unfortunate that is because I think we just missed our opportunity for Alex Caruso to come to Memphis. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was actually waiting for your question. Okay. What would cause more of a stroke? A, the stroke you'll get if Grant Williams came to Memphis or the stroke I'd get if Alex Caruso came to Memphis? I think we'd both be non-functioning paralytics. <laughs> yeah, I, we would have to I don't hey, imagine getting both. <laughs> I, I'd quit. I'd quit Grizzly Bear Blues. I'd quit my fandom. I wouldn't even watch the NBA anymore. It'd be too painful for me to do so. I'll stick to watching the Memphis Tigers play the ugliest brand of basketball I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, Nate. Tell the people where they can find you and your work. You can find me on Twitter at NathanChester24, and you can find all my Grizzlies-related content at grizzlybearblues.com. Absolutely. You can do the same for me. Find my work at grizzlybearblues.com. I got some stuff I'm going to dish up as we lead into the All-Star break and throughout the All-Star break. Uh, find me on Twitter at Paca underscore Flocka. Nate, I'll let you have the honors. That's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs>